shoulder Close like you've been since you slid over Welcome in, sports fans, and thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to this, the first ever episode of Young Sports, a podcast that will primarily focus on local prep athletics in Western Kentucky, but that will never shy away from any topic or guest. My name is Chris Young, the sports editor of the Kentucky New Era in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and I am beyond excited to be your host and to be launching this new venture. Before I get any further along, a big, big thanks to Warner Brothers recording artist Ryan Kinder for providing his new single, Close, as the intro song for the Young Sports Podcast. Ryan's an up-and-coming artist out of Nashville, an awesome, soulful Southern style and sound that he's got, made his Grand Ole Opry debut last year, and his new single, Close, as you heard in the intro, is now available on iTunes, And I am so thrilled to have Ryan's music open our show. And he'll certainly be joining us as a guest here in the near future. I know he's a big sports fan, a big Titans fan, in fact. But I look forward to having him involved. And like I said, thrilled to have his music as a part of our intro for Young Sports. Today's episode, the first episode, will be considered, I guess, the college syllabus version of the show. Really a swift, concise look at what you can expect why you should be excited about what's ahead, and hopefully when you can anticipate getting to listen to the Young Sports Podcast in the future. This is something that we hope will take off and that will continue. I have uh, every plan to continue doing at least one of these a week, and we hope that you'll come along for that ride. Uh, It's been probably nearly a decade since one of my best friends and fraternity brothers, uh, Stephen Valley, introduced me to the world of podcasting, And he was really one of the first people to ever suggest that I even give it a shot. So here I am, honored to be joining you in your car, at your office, on the beach, or wherever you might be listening. I'm so grateful you made it even this far into the show, and really do hope that you'll return on a weekly basis to enjoy this free podcast, and it will be free, wherever you're downloading it from. Uh, An opportunity to to hear some, some neat things, some great stories, some some great guests and interviews, and it's only going to get better. So thank you for uh, for giving it a shot today. I am coming to you from the Kentucky New Era Studios in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, a place that I've called home for nearly three years uh, with my wife, Brooke, who is the Solar Eclipse Coordinator for the city of Hopkinsville. What is that, you ask? Uh, I guess I'll give her a quick plug. Um, Hopkinsville, which is also known to its residents as Hoptown, uh, is going to be the premier spot along the 21st, August 21st, solar eclipse line of totality between Oregon and South Carolina. It's the first solar eclipse since the early 1970s, 
in North America, first total solar eclipse. And Hopkinsville, Kentucky, believe it or not, where we've lived, like I said, almost three years, is going to act as the point of greatest eclipse for that solar eclipse on August 21st. For nearly two minutes and 40 seconds, uh, the longest of anywhere in the country, you'll be able to see the solar eclipse uh, for, for longer than anywhere in terms of totality and uh, it's pretty pretty neat that w- the way it's lined up and that Hopkinsville is going to morph into Eclipseville for those 2 minutes and 40 seconds of this astronomical astoundment. Uh, we're expecting, I believe, 50,000 people approximately during that weekend. And I know that Brooke and the, the good folks uh, from the city of Hopkinsville are already hard at work planning numerous festivals and events that will lead up to that historic moment in science and space. So hopefully you'll consider joining us in Hoptown, Eclipseville, August 21st, 2017. Just a few months away, it's going to come fast. Uh, but that's uh, that's Hopkinsville's current claim to fame, if you will. But when it comes to the uh, the everyday life in Hoptown, sports, in my opinion, are king. And over the years, this part of Western Kentucky has produced some of the most successful teams, some of the most impressive student-athletes, well known for our uh, our basketball, especially when you talk about guys that have come through here and won state championships and gone on to have prolific college and NBA careers. It really is pretty incredible. And the best part about my job is being the, the prep sports editor for the Kentucky New Era and, and kind of being the guy that manages things on a day-to-day basis is the opportunity and the access that I get to these young men and women who are doing wonderful things on the courts, on the fields, on the tracks, in the pool, wherever it might be. Uh, we have a real commitment to athletic, athletics and, and local sports in this area, and I've seen that commitment since day one of being here, which really makes my job that much better. When people are hungry for something and you're the person providing the food, so to speak, uh, it, it makes the job a lot of fun. Uh, it makes it different on a day-to-day basis. And my hope is that this podcast will be a complement to the other coverage I'm already providing, whether it be in written form for the paper, uh, on social media, through Twitter, through our website, video components, whatever it might be. We want this to reach an an even larger audience and continue to tell the stories of our great student-athletes, of our coaches, our schools, our teams, of our people in this community. Uh, And hopefully that expands into Western Kentucky and and, and even bigger. I don't know where this is going to go or where this is headed, but this podcast will hopefully serve for the time being as a great platform, as a great voice for some of these folks that maybe don't get the recognition they deserve and really take you beyond the written inches of the newspaper and let you get to know people on a little more intimate basis. Um, that's That's the goal. That's what we're hoping for. I know that you don't want to hear me drone on for 45 minutes, So I look forward to filling this time with you with conversations and discussions with people uh, who I feel like will delve deeper into the stories that I get to tell in the Kentucky New Era Sports section. One of those guests who's actually here today is University Heights Academy boys basketball coach Grant Schaus, uh, whose Blazer team will play later this week in the 37th All-A Classic State Tournament in Frankfurt. Very, very exciting for, for UHA and for his team. And we're going to really dive into the, the history of UHA in that tournament, talk about what he believes his chances are this week in the Blazers capturing 
their first All-A State Championship in nine years. Some of the players that have been key to his run of making it five straight years to the state tournament. All that good stuff. Grant has some really, really great things to talk about. Uh, I think you'll really, really enjoy that conversation. So continue to listen for that. Uh, As for the new era, I'm thankful to publisher and editor Taylor Hayes for the opportunity to pursue this podcasting realm, if you will. Uh, The Kentucky New Era, it's been printing newspapers and providing really high-quality stories and information since 1869. It's one of the more tradition-rich journalism institutions, not just in Western Kentucky, but around the entire Commonwealth. So I'm blessed to, to have this position. I'm blessed to have an opportunity to put together this podcast from the Kentucky New Era studio here in Hoptown and appreciate Taylor's assistance and and helping me make that happen. Uh, You'll soon really be able to access this podcast through KentuckyNewEra.com. I also plan to have episodes available for download on iTunes and other audio and streaming uh, services and devices and so forth. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm a big Twitter guy. Uh, as my friends will tell you, at um, Chris Young Canny. And th- for those of you who maybe didn't notice the logo or um, are are not familiar, the last name is pronounced Young, but it's spelled J-U-N-G. I've never really had people get that correct on the first try. It's usually Jung, which is what I was called in college, um, and I certainly understand. But it is pronounced Young, spelled with a J, and that's the... Uh, Obviously, the motivation for the name of this podcast, Young Sports. And that goes hand-in-hand, though, with our our local prep approach and really the main point of of content that we'll be focusing on here with the show. Uh, But anyway, follow me there for regular updates, and also I'll have plenty of of links for this show, and you can be the first to listen to new episodes as they're posted online. And like I said, that'll be on a weekly basis, beginning with this very first episode here on, uh, I guess we're recording on January 23rd, 2017, for posterity's sake. So I'm I'm thrilled. I'm excited to be here with you. I look forward, like I said, to watching this podcast evolve. And I really do hope that you'll communicate with me, ask questions, offer critiques, provide feedback, and maybe if you're feeling frisky, even become a sponsor of the show. Uh, We will have plenty of opportunities. If that's something you're interested in, we'd love to... Uh, tell your story to our audience and to our listeners and uh, would love to talk to, with you about that and that information is available like I said on the Kentucky New Air website and on my Twitter page which I am on frequently uh, enjoy it enjoy it uh, for now I, you know, I invite you to sit back and relax turn up the volume a little bit and enjoy this young sports podcast first ever episode from Hopkinsville, Kentucky Look forward to hearing from you soon. All right, as I mentioned. Earlier in the show, we are joined today by Grant Schaus, the head coach of the University Heights Academy boys basketball team, uh, who on Saturday night advanced to the All-A Classic State Tournament uh, 
a an event that the Blazers have come to dominate over the years. It's become almost the UHA event. This is the uh, the I believe the twenty second time uh, that the Blazers have have advanced. Uh, they're going to Frankfurt this week. I know it's been played in various places, but the 22nd time that the Blazers are in the All-A State Tournament, uh, we're thrilled to have Grant Schaus join us to talk about uh, the, the week ahead and, and getting a shot at, at playing for the first state championship since 2008. Coach Schaus, thank you very much for joining us today. Absolutely, Chris. and uh, Appreciate you having me in and uh, definitely honored to be here and uh, look forward to Getting everybody some information on the, the week ahead. Yeah, um, and we'll we'll kind of jump right in because I know you're a busy guy and you got uh, you got to get back on the practice court today because I know uh, there's a lot of preparation that goes into the event and and so forth. Uh, but as I mentioned, I mean this really has become, uh, and I know we talked on Saturday after the, the win over Caldwell County, which launched you into that state tournament berth. Sure. Uh, we talked about the the history and you talked about the dynamic that UHA has in the All A Classic. And the fact that you take so much pride in, in making this your event and circling it. And the goal is to make the Sweet 16 a Rupp Arena for every team. Right. Hands down. Yes. But when you talk about the small school state tournament, uh, an opportunity to go on a, on a big stage and and, uh, and play in front of a lot of people and be one of 16 teams in the state to be there, mm-hmm. this is something that's pretty special for you guys. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it really feel like we have the best of both worlds in a way because – you know, not only do we get an opportunity to, to reach the overall Sweet 16 and play in Rupp Arena, which is definitely a team goal we set every year, and uh, but we also get the, have the luxury of you know the the All A State Tournament, and uh, you know in the middle of January, it's a little unique from a scheduling uh, standpoint, but uh, definitely feel like we we kind of have the best of both worlds in the the ability to to circle both on the calendar and really. Uh, put our minds to uh, trying to get into both tournaments and, and do well in both. And mm-hmm. with our history in the All A, we've uh, you know we've definitely taken a lot of pride in that. Going back as early as 1990, you know the inaugural event that, that University Heights won, and I believe they won the first two. And uh, you know have, have kind of strung along six more since. Um, it's been a little while, so the, definitely feeling a little bit of a little bit of pressure into into putting one more on the wall because sure. the last one being 2008 so uh you know i think in the past it's only been maybe three or four seasons in between at least a, a championship so uh it's definitely something that as a coach you want to be you know join that group of of coaches and i know the kids as players uh, all want to uh, put that picture on the wall we all have you know we have pictures of each each state champion up on the wall and uh all the players definitely want to put a picture of themselves and leave that legacy uh, also right uh we, we were talking over text i know after the game the other night and uh a, a pretty cool stat on top of the fact that in your fifth year you're going a fifth straight time to the la state tournament you're undefeated in regional tournament games uh pretty special mark and i know that you give all the credit to your your guys that have come through and like you said it's a testament to your players and, and to who you've had but pretty incredible uh, to not lose a game in 14 tries in an all-A second region tournament setting. I know Trey Hollowell's been a big part of that, but um, you know, how has that run been put together, and, and how have you been able to, to string together five straight regional championships? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not easy, and uh, you know, I, think, uh, I think sometimes uh, people take it for granted. Uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're playing in, that, in the second region, and, 
every year it's on someone else's floor you know the first round games are are on the road potentially we do a blind draw to to set the tournament up so uh you know it's kind of it's kind of run the gamut as far as uh, different places and neutral floors and and home floors and uh, you know, Saturday night was actually the first true road game uh, where we had to beat someone on their home floor. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times people uh, maybe look at the, the schools that we're playing, you know, no disrespect to them, but uh, they kind of circle University Heights. And as a coach, you know, it's, it's tough when you have people pass you in the hallways and talk about, hey, when are we leaving for the state tournament? <laughs> yeah, I need to play the game yet. So... Uh, but but I do give all the credit to the to the kids that we've had and you know I came in and, and followed uh, Coach McCoy and you know he was able to win one his first year with Scotty Hobson and Tyshawn Edmondson Daquan Brown three really great players with another you know group of role players that all performed at a high level for him and uh, you know when I got there we had a couple of years of of kids but you know we hadn't had any middle school basketball for a few years and. Uh, so the, there wasn't a whole lot coming up, so we had to kind of move fast and uh, and get some kids in, and uh, you know we were able to find a, find a few that uh, really wanted to be a part of what we were doing. And uh, you mentioned Trey Hollowell being one of those, and you know he had attended University Heights in elementary school and a, a year in middle year or two in middle school, and uh, had left, but then came back as a freshman and. Uh, so we were able to uh, kind of, you know, piecemeal a few uh, players there with some guys that were already in the school, and uh, you know, fortunately, we were able to uh, to keep that uh, momentum going. And I thought the first one we got, my first year with uh, Austin Byram and and uh, Ryan P. Poole, Thomas Folks would have been our seniors. Those guys, you know, we beat Webster County, who was really pretty tough that year, and they had won it the year before, and we had to really take it away from them over there at Crittenden County so uh, once that one got you know under our belt we were able to uh, to get the next two and then uh, you know like I said it's not always easy I think people kind of take it for granted but uh, we have had the ability to I think playing a tough schedule uh, is all by design to get us ready for this event and uh, after playing some of the teams that we've played and especially this year when we drop into the Class A, we seem very prepared for that, and uh, and it's all worked out. Once again on the Young Sports Podcast, we're talking with UHA boys basketball coach Grant Schaus. Uh, for a lot of people that are, are listening that maybe aren't familiar with what the All-A Classic is and, and the reason for it, uh, we never want to assume that everybody knows exactly what, what it is we're discussing. Kentucky is the only state left, to my knowledge, that does a single-class state tournament for the KHSAA, which... I think is a pretty special thing. Uh, I know that sometimes there's debate on whether or not basketball or some sports in general should be classed like football is. Uh, but Kentucky is one of those that has stuck to their guns. There's one state champion. doesn't matter if you're big or small or anywhere in between. So what the All-A Classic has, has been able to put together for schools like UHA and, and schools like it with an enrollment that's a little smaller and maybe uh, to some at a disadvantage when you talk about some of the bigger schools and their competition. The All-A Classic gives those schools a chance to play against one another and crown a small school state champion. Why do you think it's important to have that opportunity and, and for schools like UHA or, or whether it's Caldwell or uh, or Dawson Springs or Crittenden in the second region or Mayfield who's going to represent the first region, mm-hmm. why is it important for those schools and for those kids to have a stage and, and have an opportunity 
to play for their own type of state championship. Well, I, you know, I just think it's it's a great opportunity for those small schools with with limited enrollments that might not have the same uh, advantages that a large public school or private school has, and you know, it does give everybody that chance to experience the you know whether it be a region tournament uh, to get to the All A or or the actual All A itself. Uh, you know, the All A did start in 1990, and and it was uh, put together. For that, for those schools, and right now the uh, the guideline is the smallest 120 schools are who's eligible to participate. Um, and you know, last last year we had a couple schools decide to sit out, and uh, you know, this year they made it to where if you participate in one all A sport, you have to participate in you know in, in the all of them. You can't pick and choose. Uh, so it was a little controversial last year, but. At the end of the day, I think it's it's designed for uh, almost a Hoosiers moment. I think where you know that small school kind of comes in and or at least gets an opportunity to win a championship. And you know the Hoosiers that movie was more about David and Goliath, but uh, but the following and the fan participation and the build up I think similar in that uh, the small schools get a taste of what it's like to to be on the big stage and. Uh, you know they get to they get to live through their live their dreams a little bit, and uh, I think uh, it's nothing. You know, it's a good thing. I, the KHSAA actually doesn't sponsor the tournament or recognize it in that way. But uh, fortunately for for us, the, the uh, people associated with the LA have really stayed true to their to their purpose, and uh, you know through some uh, sponsorship have been able to continue it for now. You know thirty be what 37 years 37 years wow. that's right yeah i mean that's a, a lot of tradition and like you said uha won the first ever all a classic state tournament back in 1990 they've won a total of eight cents uha would be going for its ninth title first since 2008 like you mentioned uh randy mccoy's team yeah. uh that year to get it done you got fort knox on on thursday afternoon a team that you guys have never played in the All-A Classic before. It seems like you would have by now played everybody in the state as much as, uh, as UHA has been there. But right. uh, a team you never have played. What do you know about Fort Knox, and, and what will you guys be preparing for even this afternoon when you get back on the floor? Well, uh, you know, first off, I, I've not seen them. had an opportunity to, to look at them. I've got some uh, feelers out for some film. Uh, I, I know that they – you know, strung together three games to, to qualify for the state tournament. So, you know, anytime, anytime a team puts together three games to, uh, you know, do or die situation, then they're doing some things right and they've got, uh, they've got momentum and, you know, the, they're feeling good about themselves, which is always dangerous. And, uh, you know, going in as, as a traditional powerhouse program into the tournament, it kind of puts a target on your back from day one. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good that goes with that, but there's also a lot of incentive for someone to beat us. And you know, quite frankly, a lot, you know, the first the first three times we were up there, uh, we lost in the first round, which which really kind of stayed with me for a while. But uh, we were able to kind of break through the the ceiling last year in the first round. Ran into Cordia, who eventually won the championship. But um, but you know we've got to go in with the right frame of mind. We can't look past anyone at this stage in the in the season. And uh, I'm sure Fort Knox is going to be ready to to play us and ready for the challenge. And we're just going to go back if I can find some film on them. We'll we'll look take a look at that and just kind of prepare like we would for anyone else. 
You talked about Cordia. Uh, you don't want to look ahead by any means. Fort Knox is going to be a, a tough opponent in that opening round. But it does set up a pretty intriguing storyline with the possible matchup with Cordia, a rematch of the quarterfinal game from last year. And a lot of people may not know this, and I've got it written down again just to remind myself, but uh, had you guys won that game and advanced to the All-A Classic semifinals, you were prepared to miss your daughter's wedding. Is that right? Well, you know, uh, prepared possibly, yes. Uh, You know, it was a unique situation. Uh, My middle daughter uh, had had set their wedding date. It was a a scheduling issue with the church that she wanted to get married in, and it happened to be in Saluda, South Carolina, which is about eight hours away. And, uh, you know, it was definitely uh, quite a dilemma. Uh, you know, didn't want to uh, not do well in the tournament, uh, for sure. Didn't want to miss my daughter's wedding for obvious reasons. But, uh, you know, we got that first game out of the way and I ran into Cordia. And, you know, I was prepared to make a tough decision one way or the other uh, had we won. So... Uh, I think I do think that she would have understood. Um, might have been something that she held over my head later, uh, or teased <laughs> me about anyway. But you know, maybe things wait work out for for reasons that they sure. do. And uh, you know, we played Cordia very tough that day. I, I felt like we were right in the game. Kiki Tandy ran into a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, got a, you know, had a charge call. I think late in the third quarter that really kind of uh, influenced the momentum of that game for sure. But. I think we were down five with two or three minutes left and had the ball with a, with a chance to cut into that lead. And, you know, the guys, have, they know the brackets. And, you know, I think the one thing that we can't do is circle them in front of Newport Central, a team that had won the previous three championships before them. So, uh, you know, I think it's important for everyone to take it one game at a time. And if the chips fall where they may and, and we uh, we meet Cordy again, I, you know, I definitely won't have to worry about uh, racing over to South Carolina for a wedding, but uh, you know maybe it'll, maybe we can relax and and move even further into the tournament like we really hope that we can do. Sure. And for those wondering, you did make the wedding last year. Absolutely. It was unfortunate that you lost, but you did jump in the car and I think with a couple other people made what the the eight, eight hour drive, eight plus drive from Frankfurt. Yeah. And uh, my son Noah, my daughter Summer, and my actually my mother and my wife Heather. We're all in the car. We headed out of Frankfurt at about 3 a.m. You know, we had played that second-round game around 5. I think it was a 5 o'clock game. And so it allowed us to get back in the room and get a couple hours sleep. And then uh, we loaded up and drove straight through. Um, Got a hotel room at 10 a.m. to throw on some clothes, get in the shower, (laughs) throw on some clothes. And at at 12.05, I was walking my daughter down the aisle. So it turned out to be a very special day. And very emotional um, to see, you know, to hand one over. But uh, she's married a great guy, and things have really worked out well there. So, uh, like I said, maybe maybe karma and fate will uh, will shine upon us this year for being able to get that done. Be a nice one year anniversary present too to win an All A State Championship. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely will live with that. Uh, you talked about a couple of names uh, throughout our conversation already, and again, we're talking with Grant Schaus, the University Heights Academy boys basketball coach here in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Uh, we talked about Trey Hollowell a few minutes ago, a, a young man that eclipsed 2,000 career points a couple of weeks ago, which is just an astounding number at the high school level, in my opinion. Uh, and then another guy that you just talked about from last year's Cordia matchup is sophomore Kiki Tandy, who he's already well over 1,000 career yes. points, which is incredible. Uh, those two guys are uh, have created a lot of buzz, and, they're, and rightfully so. They're both very talented, uh, both getting some looks, 
collegially. Mm-hmm. Trey, hopefully more uh, so as we go along over the next couple weeks. But they really do, in my opinion, make up one of the most dynamic and exciting backcourts in the state of Kentucky, which is a pretty big compliment. They can both score. They're, they can jump out of the gym. Uh, they can knock down shots. They've proven that they can do it on big stages. You guys have had an opportunity to, to play in some pretty neat tournaments, particularly in North Carolina over right. Christmas. Uh, how incredible is it to, to have a front row seat to those two guys on a night-in, night-out basis? Well, it's been pretty amazing, and you know, starting with Trey, a you know, four-year starter for us, and uh, like you mentioned, career two thousand point score, uh, just an outstanding young man, and uh, you know, I've been witnessing his senior season, and and for a guy coming in with everything he's you know accomplished in the past uh, with a senior season ahead of him, you wouldn't think he could really. Uh, build off that or top that and I really in my opinion I think he's done a, an unbelievable job of of just you know continuing to develop and to continuing to grow as a player I think the all, the uh, division one opportunities that he seeks and desires is going to come to fruition just based on his uh, his grades right now are good and uh, you know he's playing at such a high level I just don't think anybody could uh, could not bring him in because I know they're going to get a great kid. They're going to get probably the hardest worker potentially in the program. Uh, I was talking to Coach Sparks just the other day. One thing about Trey, and you know, some of our guys have been dinged up, and, and of course injuries are definitely a part of the game, and, and that happens. But it seems like every day you can look out there, right? You know, whenever practice starts, and number 21 is going to be out there getting shots up and, and ready for practice. And, you know, his work ethic's incredible, and, and, uh, you know, he's really shot the ball extremely well this year. I feel like he's tried to be a facilitator and get everybody involved. And, uh, you know, Saturday night I thought he was outstanding. I thought really when, you know, we got down 10 early and he kind of went on a little 5-0 run himself to, to get us back in the game. And then, of course, uh, anytime you can, you know, pass the ball to Kiki Tandy, who is also such an outstanding scorer, uh, you know, it's fun to sit back and watch those guys go sometimes. And, you know, as a coach, you you don't want to just roll the ball out there and and you know be criticized for just rolling the ball out there. But uh, you know, I, I try to give them a little structure and and being those two being the playmakers that they are, uh, I know that they'll that they're you know working hard at taking the right shot, working hard at getting everybody involved, and uh, it's it's been a really uh, really great watching them to uh, develop and play off each other. Uh, you know, Kiki has. Uh, tremendous future ahead of him. Uh, he's one of the best scorers I think I've ever seen as far as putting the ball in the basket. He can shoot the three accurately. His explosiveness and athleticism is un- off the charts. His, you know, he almost put down a dunk the other night that was MJS. I gotta, absolutely. I mean, he jumped, I think, from the free throw line and got it in the rim, and had he yes. stuffed that thing, the roof might have come down, I but think, yeah. I mean, he is a, a phenomenal athlete on top of being able to shoot and score. Phenomenal athlete, uh, quick, you know, but great ball handler, uh, crossovers, un- unbelievable. And uh, yeah, the, the dunk attempt, I, I watched it on film a couple times. Uh, he actually asked me to record it on my phone and send it to him. So, <laughs> uh, but, you know, probably a step inside the free throw line and 
even the picture in the new era was uh, him just taking off, and there was quite a distance in between him and the rim. And for him to know that he got to the basket there kind of says it all. And you know, had he got it down, it would it would have definitely been a poster for the ages because it was uh, impressive uh, to say the least. But uh, but yeah, really really uh, happy with those guys in that backcourt. Uh, thing I mentioned to some from Saturday night, you know, they did lead us in scoring like they have all season. But at, the, at critical times in the game, it was always somebody else stepping up and, and making a productive play, whether it be, you know, Malik Levin, who I thought had a great game, Drew McGowan, who, you know, knocked down a couple of corner threes right when we needed them to kind of – I thought they were both daggers. And, uh, and then, you know, getting some stuff out of out of our eighth grader, uh, K.J. Crump, is, is another story in itself. And, you know, I think we're hitting on all cylinders going up to Frankfurt this week. And – uh, if we can uh, continue to play the way we've been playing, I, you know, I like our I like our chances. Kiki, I know, suffered a an ankle injury, I believe, at the in the Paducah Christmas tournament, the game I was at, uh, and didn't come back in, didn't play that. I believe the final game or two of that event uh, was limited in Wilmington, North Carolina, for the Joe Miller Invitational, which I know was horrible timing because that was just a great opportunity for him to play against some elite competition and in front of some some big-time scouts and maybe even coaches. He still, for the time he had up there, took advantage of it, I thought, and, and had some good performances. But like you mentioned, it sounds like you guys are clicking on all cylinders. He's healthy. Things seem to be kind of coming into form at the right time. But if Kiki is doing what he's able to do and is 100%, that does give you guys a great opportunity this week. The question I get all the time on him is, what's the ceiling? And, you know, are we talking to a... Uh, and again, sometimes the recruiting and the rankings and that sort of thing, sure. it's kind of difficult to, to really tell. And you may not know until their college career is over how it pans out. But is he a, a major D1 kid, you feel like, at this point? Uh, I mean, I I definitely think so. I mean, it, well, from a scorer's ability, uh, I definitely think he is. And, uh, you know, I think he would admit that he has some parts of his game that he needs to work on. He needs to work on the defensive end. Uh, you know, I think he's a I think he's a serviceable passer right now. I think I think he could improve there. Uh, but you know, from a scorer's mentality and a, an ability to score the ball, it'd be hard pressed to find anybody as explosive right now. And, you know, to be just a sophomore, that's you know, to have those two two more years to develop those parts of the game that we uh, you know that I mentioned. Um, you know, and based on some of the contacts that I've had from. Louisville and Missouri and uh, Ohio State's contact and Wake Forest. I mean, there's several, uh, you know, major D1 colleges out there that, that uh, Iowa State's another one and uh, Texas A&M even from the Hoops Fest that we played in. We got some uh, some contact from that. And, uh, you know, based on the, the communication that we're getting on him, I, I could definitely see uh, that panning out and, uh, and him, uh, you know, ending up at one of those schools. Um, you know, you mentioned us being hitting on all cylinders. I, I, I wouldn't want to leave out Taquan Hollowell either. Sure. Uh, you know, the game Saturday night, I thought the little run that, you know, Trey started us on, Taquan kind of finished the back end of that. And uh, when he's on the on the glass and, and when his energy levels up and he's playing at a high, uh, high level, uh, it makes us that much more dangerous. And, you know, he kind of gets a little bit overshadowed by his big brother, but... Uh, you know, Taekwon in him, in himself is a great player and uh, another great kid. He's going to give you everything he's got. And uh, he got a little excited the other night, uh, made a great play, and 
his emotions kind of overflowed a little. But uh, I told him when he got the technical, I'll take that type of emotion any, any day because when he's being that aggressive and attacking the basket, that typically means he's doing the other things that he does so well, whether it be rebound or block shots and kind of be our rim protector. So, um, you know, I, I definitely wanted to mention Taekwon as well. So I think if, if all the guys uh, continue to stay together the way we have this, this week, and really after our North Carolina trip, we've kind of, seems like we've kind of gelled and this time of year kind of brings that out in us and uh, I know we're all excited about trying to go up and and make big things happen this week. You talked about the Hollowells, uh, Trey the, the senior, the older brother and, and Taekwon the sophomore, his younger brother uh, and their dad has a pretty good legacy at UHA too so when it's uh, when it's said and done the Hollowell name is pretty synonymous with the success that UHA has had on the basketball court uh, pretty incredible when you talk about what those three have done in their respective careers. But when Taekwon's finished, it's going to be tough to look back at the history of University Heights hoops and say the Hollowells didn't have something to do with with what you guys have been able to do in terms of trophies and banners and success and wins and, sure. and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, uh, it started with TJ in the, in the 90s, and I know he was on uh, – couple of all a championship teams uh, maybe a, i know maybe a champion and runner-up but i know he was in the mix and uh, i know he was on the 92 overall state championship team which ironically lost the uh, in the semifinals i believe to lexington catholic in the all a turned around and defeated him in the state championship game uh, i know he was a part of that and uh, also we have a we have a, a freshman in the program mason hargus whose dad uh, travis also played in the all a for university heights so uh, we definitely have some legacies on the team, which is kind of neat to see uh, guys that uh, either watch, you know, that I watch play turn around and be able to coach their kids. And uh, you know, my staff, I've got two guys that both have all-age state championships, and Derek Corals and and his son DJ is on on the varsity roster. And then uh, Melvin Brown, another uh, UHA alum that's on the staff that that has a all-age state championship. So. You know the the lineage that is there as far as uh, the coaching and the players, and it's just a matter of going up there and taking it one game at a time, and uh, you know not trying to get ahead of ourselves and playing the best basketball we can play and leaving it all out there and and see what happens. Pretty neat when you have three alums on the bench like that uh, that all played at at their school at their alma mater and are able to come back and, and kind of lead the way. What did you? maybe learned or what do you remember from your playing days as a blazer that you've been able to apply to your your either your coaching technique or your approach or the way you talk to the guys do you feel like that has an impact on on the way that you do your job on a daily basis i think i think so just being you know that i've spent so many years there and you know graduating in 1985 which seems like forever ago <laughs> but uh you know it definitely the education I got there from University Heights was, I feel, just really set my life on a course that has kind of played out uh, the way it has, uh, you know, graduating from Murray State. And I know Coach Quarles and Coach Brown would say the same thing. And and uh, most importantly, that is that, uh, you know, we're there to educate kids and, uh, you know, the, the education and, and getting kids into college and being successful after after high school and college, uh, academically is is the most important thing that we can do for them. Their university heights, and then you know, secondly, the the basketball side of it, and the acad- and the uh, athletic side with basketball. 
uh, definitely comes in second, but they're definitely related in their marriage. You know, it's a marriage that, that both those guys uh, were able to apply in their lives. Uh, you know, we were, my, my two years there as a starter on the varsity was kind of laying the foundation to really be competitive more than anything else. You know, we kind of struggled as a private school coming out of the gate, but we were able to, um, you know, we were able to get, get some guys in and we started to develop kind of the model that was going to lead University Heights, you know, in the late 80s and early 90s that really uh, developed that, uh, that list of, of names that are kind of synonymous with the school and, you know, on through the 90s uh, where, you know, you have a Greg Buckner and a Darren Alloway, a James White and, um, you know, I, I'm definitely Isaiah Victor, Harold Swanigan, Lamont Barnes, the list goes on and on. and. Uh, you know, we, we really need something at school to put those guys, you know, on a wall somewhere to really showcase and highlight all the guys that have gone through, uh, you know, probably first first as basketball players, but more importantly as uh, high school graduates uh, on to college and, and college graduates. I have, I have stories that I could tell you of guys that have gone on to great uh, successful lives and uh, I know university. I know they would say that the education and the the upbringing they got at University Heights was uh, probably the primary reason for their success, and uh, definitely a life changing opportunity for them. And you know that's that's what I'm really uh, excited about, and the opportunity to impact young men's lives uh, in that fashion, and to get them to uh, strive for college and to be successful there, and then to go on whether basketball plays a part of that or not, uh, to go on and be uh, productive citizens and, and you know, happy uh, rest of their life. Sure. So. If you're listening out there, Toyota of Hopkinsville, it sounds like uh, UHA basketball needs a, a Hall of Fame wing to showcase all these guys that have come through and, and done some special things. And uh, just a, an incredible program, so much history. And that's why, you know, we felt like having you on and, and talking about the history of uh, – of the Blazers and what you're trying to do this week in terms of recapturing that glory at the All-A Classic, which I know is just so important to you as an alum, as a former player, now as a coach that's gone five straight years. Uh, we we obviously wish you the, the best of luck. We appreciate you coming on and, and talking about your guys, and uh, hopefully we can have you back on again soon to, to talk about a, a four-win, four-day trip and a, a first state championship since 2008 that'd be pretty nice uh, nothing 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 would be finer that I could think of um, you know like you said being you know being a former player uh, really being a part of the history for all those years and uh, whether from the inside outside back on the inside uh, it's just it is a family you know University Heights is definitely a family atmosphere the the size of the school where you've got kindergarten through 12 in one building and uh, you know, the first thing this morning at 9.40, we have an assembly and, you know, kindergarten and first grade kids walk in and high five the, the juniors and senior basketball players and celebrate that moment with them kind of is really special. And it's something that is really passed down from generation to generation. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that all come to fruition as the, the school uh, stays longer and longer and, you know, over 40 years now. Uh, when I first got there, we were within 10 years old. So uh, it's a great success story for Hopkinsville, in my opinion. And uh, there's been so much, uh, so much good done up there that uh, it's, it's really neat to be a part of. And 
you know, I, I would love to be able to add to that uh, to that lineage of, of championships and put a picture on the wall for, for ourselves. I know a big tradition you guys like to do, which I think is a cool one, and I've been a part of a few of them just from a photo and video standpoint, but uh, you do the clap-off where uh, anybody that's going, I guess, to a state tournament, whether it's all A or above, but right. any sort of state competition or state tournament, uh, the lower school and the upper school students line the hallways and the, the members of the team get to either walk or sometimes run or jog right. while all the kids kind of clap for them and uh, you head to the bus to, to get on the road. Uh, a neat tradition that I assume you guys will be partaking in again this week? Most definitely. On Wednesday, yeah, we're going to try to leave around 2 o'clock, so probably going to have the run through at about one fifty. And like you said, all the kids come out of their classrooms and line the hallways, the, the faculty's out, and uh, it's just something that's been, uh, you know, in the fabric of the of the state championship runs in the past, and it's not just for basketball, we do it for all the sports that advance to that state level, and, uh, you know, I've seen guys that wrestle, a couple of wrestlers have a run through, and so it's uh, it's really neat, to, the guys really look forward to that, and, uh, you know, we put on our travel suits and, and uh and line, you know, get on one end of the building, and within five minutes, we're we're through the whole thing. But uh, but it's great to see the other kids out in the hallway. They're excited about us going. They're excited about the possibility of getting out of school on Friday. I think that's you know for some the most important thing. But uh, but we'll take it any way we can get it, and we'd love to have them all come up and and cheer on the Blazers. And uh, like I said, maybe we could uh, bring something back to really celebrate. Yeah, obviously encourage. UHA fans, students, Hopkinsville basketball fans in general to make the trip to Frankfurt. Again, the Blazers open up at 1 p.m. Eastern time, noon Hopkinsville time, Thursday afternoon, the Frankfurt Convention Center. Fort Knox is the first-round opponent. Uh, I believe advance tickets are available now at school for $8. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, Through noon on Wednesday, tickets, I believe, are 10 at the door if you buy them in Frankfurt. Hopefully a big contingent comes to, to support you guys I expect a, a big run, and it's it set up for a, a great week. Again, Grant Schaus, University Heights Academy boys basketball coach, thank you for being one of the uh, the first guests for the Young Sports Podcast. We uh, really appreciate you taking some time and, and coming over to talk about your guys and talk about the program. I'm quite honored to be the first guest, and um, I'm glad you called me and gave me this opportunity. Anytime I can talk about my team and talk about University Heights and uh, you know all the great things that I feel like uh, that are being done there. I won't hesitate to take that opportunity, and uh, it's always good to uh, to be able to do that. So I appreciate you having me on. All right, there's Grant Schaus. Good luck to the Blazers and the their 22nd All A Classic appearance again Thursday afternoon. The Kentucky New Era will be there uh, with full coverage. Follow Chris Young Canny on Twitter for updates and scores and everything else as the Blazers attempt to capture their ninth All-A State Championship in program history. We'll be right back. All right, we're continuing on here with the Young Sports Podcast. Thank you again for joining us and for listening wherever you are and whenever you're listening. A, a segment that I, I thought was pertinent to introduce right from the get-go, and hopefully this will become uh, something that, that continues on as this 
show evolves and and becomes whatever it will be uh, is five minutes with dad and i want to bring on now the person that uh that not only gave me my my start in radio if you will but in life so i guess it's uh, the guy that's responsible for 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 me being here today uh and that's my dad wayne young uh who's coming from uh, to us uh from erlanger kentucky uh dad we we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us and and uh we think this could be a pretty neat little segment that we do and uh we we talk sports or or uh maybe even your your favorite craft brew of the moment but just have a chance to kind of talk things over with you and uh appreciate you joining us here today well christopher first of all let me get some of my proud fatherly moments out of the way right out of the box because i couldn't be more proud of you i think it's great that you're doing this this is a uh, an exciting and dynamic way to get information out to the to the consumers, to the fans, to the people that enjoy reading you and and following your coverage. What a what a great way to actually get even more involved and get even closer to uh, to someone with your knowledge and your heart and your desire to deliver such. Uh, uh, important information to the fans of that part of the state. So congratulations. I think it's great. I'm very proud of you. Well, th- thank you. That, that means a lot. And uh, I feel like my my passion to want to do it stems from, from some of our, uh, our our days together when I was younger and um, back in the day of, of uh, Roadrunner Video when you were uh, the, 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 the president of uh, one of the largest video distribution companies in Louisville and uh, turn that into a a weekly radio show called Freeze Frame, talking movies, oh, talking the, uh, the the silver screen, and um, gave me my first big break. How old do you think I was when I was reading the the top ten video game uh, games or titles for the week? You'd bring me on to record that. How old was I? Ten, eleven, eleven, twelve. Yeah, it was right very there. it was very monotone, if I remember. Not a lot of energy, Number but. Nine. Right. Ms. Pac-Man, <laughs> number eight. Ms. Pac-Man, man, that sounds, makes me sound really old. I but, was going to uh, say Donkey Kong next. <laughs> man. Uh, but, yeah, I would read the top ten video game titles for the week as part of the Freeze Frame, your your uh, your radio show about movies and also about video game rentals, which I thought was a really cool way for you to, to tie in uh, and, and get to the consumers and talk about uh, movies and and broaden your 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 uh your fan base and your your consumers and that sort of thing and so now i'm kind of taking a a page out of your playbook and trying to reach a bigger audience like you mentioned and uh, and get to sports fans locally and on top of the radio break that you gave me you've also given me my my love of sports and uh whether that's been a good thing or a bad thing as a as a indians fan over the years and uh going through that disappointment we've also had some some fun times, whether it was on the, the Little League Diamond or watching games or talking about games. Uh, sports has kind of been in the fabric of our of our relationship and really of, of things we've gotten to do over the years. And I think that that's manifested itself into what we're doing here today. Well, I would, I would absolutely agree. Sports has always been a big part of what we, what you and I have enjoyed. It's, it's was fun. I, I know when you were younger, your mom and I always used to talk about uh, are they too involved? Are they not involved enough? I always used to say, and, and your mom echoed this as well, that let them play whatever they want to play. 
and eventually their interests will dictate and determine where they're going to gravitate and what they'll participate in. And obviously, I, I you loved all sports. You played all of them. I think baseball. If I if I were a guessing man, I would say baseball probably was the sport that you enjoyed. Other than obviously playing football in, in high school, but really baseball was what I thought you really enjoyed the most, and and it was fun for me to see because I I became a sports fan because I follow that old mantra of those who can't do cheer on the rest. <laughs> so that's really how I became a sports fan because I was a terrible athlete uh, from uh, scarred, absolutely, uh, really traumatized by the by some of my misdeeds on the floor, on the field. Um, and so, yeah, it was easier for me to cheer for others that knew what they were doing than to uh, try to go out there and do it myself. So. You were a pretty good wrestler back in your day. I've seen some pictures of your, your hand being raised on the mat. You you, you held your own. And, and Christopher, you went down as one of the best uh, adult softball players in Belleville, Illinois history, right? Isn't that yeah, correct? Yeah, right. Christopher, I want to tell you something. I won one wrestling match as a wrestler in high school. Well, whoever was there got a great picture of it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the picture that I have in my house for the one match that I won. And you know, the funny thing is, I still remember that victory. It was, a, it was, I was going to Belleville Altov High School, and I was wrestling a, a, a kid from Alton, Illinois High School, the Redbirds, and he was huge. And I, I looked at him, and I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to just roll me all over the mat, and this is going to be terrible. And it was one of these things where we got started, and we were like a minute in, and I, it's like when you see a, a baby roll over for the first time, that look on its face, like, <laughs> that's what happened for me. I, I, I went to try to attack this kid. He rolled over on his back. The, the official smacked the, the mat that I had won, and I'm like, what, what just happened? <laughs> uh, yeah. And there was a cameraman there. Go figure. Great timing. And you'll, you'll, uh, You'll remember that moment forever, and I, I always enjoy that picture for sure. I think you probably had more than one victory, but uh, I'll let you go with that. Um, but no, I mean, we've probably gone over our five minutes already with, with five minutes with Dad. Well, what I hope is uh, that you'll come back each week and we can share some of those stories uh, with the folks listening because I know that we could literally talk for hours about uh, all, all of the different things we've seen and places we've gone and you know, we talk about the Army Navy game we got to experience in Philadelphia a few years ago, uh, from the World Series games that we've attended together, and uh, even the Louisville Redbirds days, and and so forth. Uh, hopefully, we can give people a little bit of uh, a taste of where that sports history comes from and and how we got to this point. So, uh, will you, will you come back and join us again next week? Ten minutes with Dad. It's already increased. I like. He's always. It's always a, a negotiation. He's he's very good at that. Well, no, I do. Uh, I do appreciate everything you've done to to get me to this point, also, and uh, and supporting me over the years, and giving me this passion for the the wonderful thing called sports. And uh, look forward to sharing some of those stories with our our listeners. And uh, we'll have you on next week for five to ten minutes with Dad. How's that? Sound? <laughs> that sounds great. And am I allowed to say one more time how proud I am of you? You are, but that's probably people don't. You know, they they're starting they to they're starting to probably think it's a little too you know mushy. In that. No, I do appreciate it. Thank you. And I definitely don't want to tell you that I love you. <laughs> I love you too. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you again next week. We look forward to, to five to ten more minutes 
with that and, and telling some stories about uh, the good old days and, and what got me here to this love of sports. Thanks for listening. We'll continue on in just a moment. Maybe we can fly Take it to a place we've never been folks that is it episode number one of the young sports podcast is in the can from the kentucky new era studios i hope you enjoyed it and i hope you come back for more of this weekly show i'd like to thank university heights academy boys basketball coach grant chouse for being our in-studio guest today good luck to his blazers this week as they travel to frankfurt to play in the all a classic state tournament at the frankfurt convention center as we mentioned during the interview, tickets are available $8 in advance at UHA through noon on Wednesday, and then $10 at the door if you decide to go catch one of those games, and I highly recommend that you do. Uh, thank you to Wayne Young for joining us from Northern Kentucky for five minutes with Dad, which I think actually turned into about five to ten minutes with Dad. But look forward to having him on a weekly basis, uh, a fun segment as we share some stories and, and talk sports from a father-son standpoint. Hopefully you'll enjoy that. And finally, and most importantly, thanks to you, to the listener, for supporting this effort, for listening this long, if you've made it this long, and hopefully you have, and for continuing to come along for the ride. I really do think it's going to be fun. This is going to be exciting. Uh, We're going to do some really neat things, and it's only going to get bigger and better and evolve with, with time. And hopefully even the quality improves as well as we add on and and so forth. So thank you again for listening. Uh, Until next time, may you always be courageous, stand upright and be strong, and may you stay forever young.